listening to Buggy Talk, where some of your favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish historical fiction author Molly Jebber, who will introduce us to Marianne's Hope from the Amish Charm Bakery series. Good morning, Molly. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me today. Well, you're very welcome. This is the second time you're on the Buggy Talk podcast with me, and we had so much fun last time. I'm excited to have you back. So thank you again for joining us. And we have lots to talk about today, one being um, your newest release of Marianne's Hope, which is I think it's book four in your Amish Charm Bakery series. Is that correct? Okay, perfect. But before we do that, there'll be six books in all. So we will talk about what you're doing and what's coming up next here in a little bit. But that's good to know that there's six books in this series. Um, And I know, did we talk about one of these books in this series the last time you were on? Yes. Okay. Was that the first book in the series or the third book? The third book. The third book. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear more about the fourth book. But before we get started on Marianne's Hope, I love to take our listeners into a little bit of behind the scenes of some of their favorite authors. So I'd love to ask you a few questions about your writing career. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So let's start with, in your opinion, what are the essential elements of good writing? I think it's to keep the reader hungry to find out what will happen throughout the story. I have I have to agree. You know, part of our job as authors is to hook them in with that first couple pages and then keep the story moving forward so that there's never a lull spot in in the story. Don't you agree? I agree. Yes, I do. So in your writing career or when you sit down to write, what comes first, the plot or the characters? Actually, the plot, um, because I think that's where you're going to entice the reader to want to learn more and wonder how that big problem or that conflict is going to work out. Work out. It just seems so impossible. And then I, I go to the characters, and then I love they're important too, um, because the reader needs to root for them and for the good ones, and then want those bad ones to be punished. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when writing a series, how do you keep things fresh for both your readers and yourself? I try to think of, and I research and trying to think of a new location, employment choice, you know, are they going to be in a sew shop and a bakery, you know, um, some kind of manufacturing plant for furniture, um, and then a different conflict between the hair heroine and the hero um, than what I have done before. And that and that's the challenge. Sometimes, you know, your brain goes back to other storylines and you're thinking, oh, no, no, I already did that. I can't do that again. (laughs) So you have to come up with new you have to come up with new scenarios all the time. So talking about a hero and a heroine, who's makes the perfect book? Well, I'll use Marianne as an example. Um, she's a good example. She's a young widow. She regrets being selfish and leaving her mentally ill mother t- to marry an Englisher. So she returns with her baby and wants redemption. 
She vows not to leave her mother again. She's a woman who has made mistakes, but now she wants forgiveness. She's a good friend, a good mother, and she wants to love again. But she's been hurt by her late husband. She's vulnerable yet strong. She's matured and knows what she wants. She's a woman who's relatable, and she makes us want to root for her. So as I went through there, you can tell, like, she's got her flaws, and she's made some pretty major mistakes and has some regrets, but she's forgiven herself, and now she's hoping others will, which they are not as welcoming. Um, so we can relate to her. You know, we're none of us are perfect, and she, now she's trying to do the right thing. So I think you know, the, a good hero or a good heroine has to have flaws and also uh, redeem them. You know, they have things that we love about them. And through the book, uh, the reader, it's important for the reader to like, you know, start to get to know them. And then they start to feel like they're kind of real. And then they feel like by the end of like, oh my word, how's she going to get out of this? And then by the end of the book, you want them to, you know, to really root for her and, and, um, want her to have what she wants and so the same with the hero he has to have flaws too and he we have to do the same with him so it's just that character buildup, you know which is so important it is um and, and that's what makes a good story that's what makes a good story going on to writing now i know you live in florida so i know your surroundings are probably beautiful but describe to us what your writing space looks like well pretty typical you know like i have a a desk and a printer and matching file cabinets. I still can't get away from, you know, keeping some of that paper. And I have a big white basket with all my writing help books, you know, beside me. And it's quiet and it's comfortable. And the funniest part is I use post-it notes like crazy. So they're like (laughs) stuck on the bottom of my computer. And then every day I have little tasks. I have three tasks I have to do. And and then it's so fun. It's like, if I get those done, I can throw that one away. (laughs) (laughs) There's a sense of accomplishment when you can, when you can wad up that, that post-it note. Yes. And I've heard other authors do that, too. You know, somebody I interviewed one time said they had a big board that sat beside their desk that they had post-it notes all over. And they enjoyed, you know, just whipping them down when um, when they were done with that task. So maybe our maybe our brains all think the same as an author. I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay. well, thank you for a little insight into um, your writing career. I really would like to talk about Marianne's hope. And before we do that, I am going to read a little bit of your back matter um, just to sort of set the stage for um, Marianne's hope. So here we go. Secrets devastated Marianne Harding's marriage to an Englisher and took away her untrustworthy husband. Now the young Amish widow has found contentment cooking up treats at the bakery, raising her little girl and comforting her ailing mother. And when Andrew Whitmer asks her to marry him, Mary Ann is over the moon with happiness that she and the kind furniture maker will put down roots in her hometown. So that is a perfect setting and a perfect introduction to Marianne's hope. So I'd love to know what the particular inspiration for this particular story is. You know, I really pray about each book I write and what, you know, for him to, for the Lord to help me, you know, help me with this, you know, what can, what can be something, you know, a new character and I'll go and take a walk or go to the pool and, take a pad of paper and a pen and then I'll just kind of write down different scenarios or 
and then check, like we said, make sure it's not a repeat. And then it, I have an avid, you know, big image imagination. So I think it really does just come to me. And I and everybody always asks me, do you pattern this after people, you know, or conversations or anything? And, you know, I never have consciously done that. It's all been pure imagination and dreaming up these stories. But I, you know, I wanted a mother this time, like with the already having a child, uh, because that was a little bit different. And I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun, you know, so it truly isn't patterned after anything or anybody. I really do take time to really let my imagination go wild and see, you know, what what comes up? Well, I think we all do that. I think we all do that. And don't you love it when the story, when you start writing a story and it writes itself, that's that's the joy that I get is when I sit down to start to type a story or I have an idea, the characters come to life and it really does. They, they do write their own story lots of times. Yes, they do. They do. So share with us, is there any secrets or something, some little tidbit you can tell us that isn't necessarily in the blurb of, of your story? Uh, there's a twist in the middle um, of the story, maybe kind of a little past the middle. So you see a, the big conflict between them, but then there's a little twist and it's Andrew has a secret that makes things a little bit worse for them before they get better. So I'll just say that. <laughs> okay. Well, you don't want to give too much of the, the story away, but at least we can be on the lookout for whatever Andrew's secret is. So that, that was perfect. So tell me, what was the highlight of writing this particular book? I really started to fall in love with Marianne and Andrew's relationship, and it got more and more fun because they just, to me, seemed so compatible and the way that I had created them. And that was kind of like you said, they kind of talked to you, you know, through our story. So I expected them to be likable and, you know, that they'd be great and everything. But I really started to feel closer to them. And I was even rooting for them myself. You know? So I think that was probably the highlight for me. <clears throat> and then how she evolved in the book, you know, changing some of the things that she thinks about how she thinks and also how she befriends, you know, girls there to become friends and those friendships. So a lot of things like came out of the book that were just little tidbits for me that made it a lot of fun. Oh, how I have to ask, how long does it typically take you to write a book? Eight months. Eight months? Yes. Yeah, it, it, it takes me about six or seven months too. And when I try to rush it, I think my creativity suffers because I try to rush, um, not rush, but if I, if I want to get a book done a little bit faster, I push myself. And when I find myself being pushed, then my creativity suffers. Do you find that at all? I can relate to that a hundred percent. And I, I do the same thing sometimes. And I have a critique partner and she'll say, okay, you need to throw this chapter away and you need to start over again. Were you taking a nap when you did this? Because you got to flesh this out. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I agree with you a hundred percent. So this, that goes on to, if you could describe your main character and it can be Marianne or it can be Andrew, either one or both, if you want in three words, what would those three words be? A courageous, loving, and skeptical. Now, was that Marianne? Was that Marianne? Yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. So that takes me into, I love to have our authors read 
you know, an important couple paragraphs or that first page. Do you mind doing that for us? No, that'd be fine. All right. Perfect. The setting is Charm, Ohio, and it starts December 1st, 1913. Marianne gazed across the cozy corner table into Andrew Whitmer's light brown eyes. He was 22. They were out of their teens, the same age, and had plenty of time to learn if they were meant to have a future together. She hoped she wouldn't let her past get in the way of her trusting another man. Thank you for inviting me to supper. He captured her heart in such a short time. How fast time had gone since she'd fled Maslin, Ohio, and returned to Charm after her late husband, Gerald's murder. Could she really trust her judgment about men? His eyes twinkled as he chuckled. I wondered how many socials and after church meals you would insist we attend together before you'd accept my invitation to supper where we could talk and not be interrupted every five seconds by our friends. Well, thank you, Molly. That was perfect. And where can our listeners um, find this particular book? It may still be in the stores um, in Walmart, Target, Meyer grocery stores, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and some small bookstores around the country. There's a long list, but if you go to my website at mollyjebber.com, M-O-L-L-Y-J-E-B-B-E-R, then you can see a little list under the book, under Marianne's book cover of different options for you if you want print or if you want uh, ebook. Perfect. Perfect. And I will make sure I add the link to your website in the show notes when we when we launch this. So people will be able to find you easily. And I have to tell you, I was um, I live in South Carolina and I was in a Barnes and Noble in Greenville a couple weeks ago and I saw it there. So I know it is still there (laughs) because I saw it. Um, So I, I, I love, you know, glancing through all the Amish fiction books um, and finding one of my authors. Um, it, it's just such a joy. You know, I should start taking pictures because I often do that. You know, I'll go to a bookstore and just see who's on the shelf. I, I love to see who's on the shelf. So it is there. Okay, Molly, that turn takes us into tell us what you're working on now or what we can look forward to from Molly Jebber in the future. Um, the Amish Charm Bakery series is six books. So Magdalena's Choice is book five. And it will release January 28, 2022. And Magdalena's Amish father is a rancher, and he's wealthier than most Amish. When Magdalena falls in love with Toby, her father disapproves. Zach wants to marry Magdalena and hopes he'll take over the ranch one day. Her father is thrilled. Magdalena prays for a miracle. And then the sixth book, Rachel's Decision, will come out January 26, 2023. All righty. So you take almost, like you said, eight months to, to write a book, and then there's a couple months of promoting. So you're almost like a year between books, which is, which is perfect, which is, which is a good time frame as an author to make sure all your ducks are lined up in a complete row before you, before you um, launch a new book. So I'm glad to hear that. So Molly, thank you so much for spending time with us. But before we leave, I love to do a little fun speed round. Um, I just ask you a few questions and you just rattle the first thing off the top of your head that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Question number one, if you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? No. (laughs) 
not the bugs we have in the South, at least, right? Right. Right, right. Okay, here's one for you. Have you ever slapped someone in the face? No. <laughs> Me neither, but I have been slapped. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. What's your favorite car? Um, the ATS Cadillac. Ooh. Okay, cake or pie? Cake. And tell us what's for dinner tonight. Uh, chicken wings. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> All right. Well, Molly, thank you so much for spending time with us. And do you have anything you'd like to add before we sign off? No, I think this has been so much fun. Um, I also wanted to mention that I'm a speaker. So I would, you know, look at my website and see where I'm going to be because I love meeting my readers. So and but in the meantime, we can catch up on Facebook. So uh, thank you for having me today, Tracy. This was so much fun. And of course, I am consider you such a good friend. And it was great that we could spend time together, too. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So that wraps up this episode. And I encourage you to visit my website at tracyfredikowski.com to see a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. 